I'm Jenny Donheiser. And hi, I'm Nicole Spezio. And, and this, this is, is How Were You, you brainwashed? brainwashed? That time I just committed. I just said, I said, no matter what it sounds like Jenny's saying, whatever speed it sounds like she's talking at, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, that was the move, I guess, because it worked. Congratulations. You know what? Don't try to accommodate other people is the life lesson on the pod. Just sort of forge <laughs> your own path. That's a lesson that you and I, I think, have struggled with learning our whole goddamn lives. Hundo P. I'm just always looking at everybody else being like, am I okay? And it's sort of like, <laughs> maybe I need to decide if I'm okay. <laughs> I do feel like with my therapist, and huge shout out if she listens, that is our story over and over again. She's like really stuck on them. That's my thing. And I'm like, I think I would maybe still do it. But I think I'm done with this being my thing that we always talk about. Can we talk about other things? When your therapist gets too narrow a view of you, it's time to get out. (laughs) She's like, and now going back to this, Jenny, it seems like you were trying to accommodate them. And as we know, that's what you do because of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I know. We've been over this for five years. Should I dump her? I dump mine. It's really fascinating the things that they like latch on to. I'm like, okay, babe, like that was 13 years ago. That one fight, I am solved. We don't have to continue to be like, when you had that fight with your friend, like, okay, but it's done. Right. Nicole, babe, what is going on with you? I do want to hear since we covered it so extensively on the last episode, how Janet Jackson was. Okay. I will say I saw Janet Jackson last night, Madison Square Garden. It was great. It was a fantastic show. The community was Gen X, and I would say even and older. I, I was assisting many people to find their seats because they couldn't see. And I was like, yes, this is the row, and then you're going to walk three. And I was really sort of doing crowd control at <laughs> Janet. The opener was ludicrous. The opener? Yeah. Whoa. Did you know yeah. that going in or was that a full surprise? I, d- I didn't know until the day of. I'm sure people that paid attention knew, but I didn't know until I was in it. And I was like, oh, we're at a middle school dance. It's just like ludicrous bop after ludicrous bop. <laughs> and um, and Janet, like, because she has so many incredible songs, she really was like, I'm going to give you 45 second snippets and then just go to the next one. Like, there were no full songs. It was really like perfect because that was the only way to fit them in so it was like never a dull moment we were just pop 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 in the whole time that's genius that's a genius move on her end she knew exactly what the people wanted she was like yeah yeah yeah." like a dj you know the whole purpose is like they're gonna fade out before you have to listen to the whole thing wow what i hate it when djs do it but i love when janet jackson does it (laughs) and the concert began with what are those called the you know the powerpoint presentations that are behind people on concerts the large <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like go through her history of her career or whatever yeah her powerpoint presentation <laughs> started with 50 years of me <laughs> i thought that was an amazing way to do it and i hope at my 50th birthday that that's what i write on my cake <laughs> 50 years of me. Of me. And she covered 50 years in the concert. I mean, I don't really know if it was, you know, 50 years with the music. Maybe she's 50. I don't really know what 50 years of me meant, but that is what she said. <laughs> I love it. Hey, and any fun guests? Were there any 
just ludicrous. No, no guests. I will say that ludicrous um, did for some songs wear big sneakers and then big arms, <laughs> which are from his videos, I guess. So that was sort of a special treat is like sometimes he was singing with huge shoes on. <laughs> I'm going to have to find pictures. Yeah, we're going to have to get a photo. <laughs> I'm always saying things that don't translate on the pod, and I'm sorry, but we will get a pic. A ludicrous with big shoes. Look for it on Instagram. <laughs> I'll post it, and I promise I will. Well, what's your favorite ludicrous song? <laughs> Move, bitch. Get out the way. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of one. I guess that's really the one. That one we did, my section really, we were zinging and bopping <laughs> during that one. <laughs> Anything else from the concert you want to cover? I will say that I had a pretzel and a seltzer water, and that's pretty much it at this point. How was it? Dry. <laughs> the pretzel. <laughs> the seltzer was fine. And then did you know also that the section that I sat in was called the Pepsi Concourse, and it has little, um, I don't know, red, white, and blue sort of strip lights on the ceiling to evoke a Pepsi can? No, no. (laughs) So you were in a Pepsi can? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I went to a Nets game this year. Um, as a birthday present to my husband, because like, what else, you know, at a certain point, it's like, what do you do? And my sister-in-law in the seating arrangement was sat next to this woman, like the stranger in our row. And it turned out that the woman was there with her ex-husband, with their children, and it was their first co-parenting outing. And she was so uncomfortable. She just talked to my sister-in-law the whole time. No. <laughs> it's just like her worst fear because she's, you know. She's a psychiatrist, so she was like, oh, no, it's happening. (laughs) I'm dealing with someone's issues when I'm off the clock. This sucks. So I'm glad ultimately that didn't happen to you. No, I I had a lovely time with my community and my section. I now ask you, babe, what's going on? Oh, um, for me, not so much. Uh, My mother-in-law was here over the weekend, which she's a lovely woman. Shout out to Katie DeGroff. Uh, I my only issue is that my husband and his brother, who also lives in Brooklyn, tend to not communicate the best because men are bad at that. So it just sort of ends up falling on the wives. And I feel like, what are we doing here? This is your mom. Please find plans and communicate scheduling. Why am I making the dinner reservations? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I sort of have the opposite problem where I cannot get in on the conversation. So I'm just being here like, hey, please include me so I can sort of help and assist in these ways. And I'm not leaving it to my husband and his brother to figure stuff out like that. So the grass is always greener, I have to say. You wish that they were just like, I don't know what to do. And then you just made the plans. I'd love to be in charge if I could be given that opportunity. Whereas I would just love to be told where to go. Yeah. At what time? And, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they went on a tour of Grand Central that I skipped. I said, not for me. But other than that, we just sort of ate vegetarian food and hung out all together. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. Is she veg? She's veg. She's allergic to nightshades, too, which is, did you know mm-hmm. that's a thing? 
Yeah. So she can't really have, she has these veg and then has certain veggies she can't eat, which if you don't know what a nightshade is, <laughs> it's a vegetable that grows at night. <laughs> like a tomato? Like tomato, a I think, is nightshade, eggplant, nightshade. Yeah. Sort of fresh out of nightshades, but. Um... <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, Vegetarian mother-in-law. Vegetarian mother-in-law. Former preschool teacher, if you can picture all these vibes. She's a sweet, kind, gentle soul. As far as mother in Shout out to Katie. It's a good one. Do you know who else is a sweet, kind, gentle soul? Oh, great transition. And also guest. a mother. And also a mother. Our guest is an icon of our lives. A dear, yes. dear friend of many years. She is... A comedian, actor, podcaster. You can catch mm. her currently co-hosting the podcast, Hey Julie, which is a Big Brother podcast. If you're a Big Brother fan, get on it. This is the penultimate Big Brother podcast. I don't know if you use penultimate, right? It doesn't mean like the <laughs> second to last episode, but um, <laughs> they don't just do Big Brother. They also do Survivor and other zeitgeisty things, movies, TVs. If it's the water cooler chat, Hey Julie's talking about it. <sighs> We love a zeitgeist here on this podcast. If you remember, seriously, no vowels from back in the day. Check it out. Yes, the real ones will know. Also host of former podcasts, Quibbyverse, then turned Streamyverse because Quibby cease and desisted her. (laughs) (laughs) And a podcast called Birth Control that she does with Anna Calgary and Sue Smith about being mom. Give a warm round of applause in your cars and showers for Danielle Gibson. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. A joy. A joy to see your shining face and to have your energy on my screen. I mean, I just saw a Janet Jackson concert. I just went (laughs) on a trip with Jenny's (laughs) mother-in-law. And I loved it. (laughs) I am so excited to be here. And I have to say, I actually found it very difficult to nail down. I've been so brainwashed, Mm. but I actually found it very difficult to nail down one. So I don't know. There might be a lot that we have to work through for me. I would love that. We will really, (laughs) we'll get you fixed right up and you just say whatever you need help with and we'll help. (laughs) Oh, there's so much. Where to begin? We're qualified professionals across the board, so we can definitely solve all of <laughs> I mean, I think you can help me at least a little. <laughs> Maybe a little, yeah. Should I throw one at you? Just like kick it off? Oh my gosh, you want to jump right in. Okay. Well, whatever you guys want, whatever you want. It's just because I'm like, I don't know how long they'll take to really dissect. Yeah. If we have a lot, you know, maybe we should. Maybe I'd we say there's three or four. First. There's three or more. <laughs> let's go i'm ready to go okay all right so the first one i wanted to discuss and here's the thing if you had me on this podcast in 10 years from now i would probably tell you something from this year i was brainwashed by i'm consistently being hoodwinked bamboozled and led astray i'm being brainwashed (laughs) all the time but a lot of the stuff i'm thinking about is from many years ago The first thing I was thinking of, the first vertical category, if you will, I was thinking of how I was brainwashed was the media, right? (laughs) Because (laughs) classic, yeah. Yeah. But to narrow it down, I was like, what really, what was really interesting? Like, what was really very fucked up 
Um, and I just totally fed into it and completely ate it up. And what kept coming up to me was the idea, as encapsulated by Charlie Sheen, that a public figure's mental breakdown is very fun, <laughs> is entertainment. Yes. And I know, I'm sure you've talked about Britney, but I just kept going back to Charlie Sheen because Charlie Sheen was at the height. I mean, sure, like a lot of these other acts was at the height of his career power. He was making like $2 million. Let's go, let's go back to when this was. This was like 2011, okay? Whoa. He was at the height of his two and a half men power. He was yes. <laughs> still married to Brooke Mueller. He was divorced from Denise, but Our married friend, to Denise Brooke. Richards. Yes, exactly. As <laughs> so we've all, everyone's friends. He was still like at the top of his game when I don't know what the inciting incident was other than obviously some form of substance abuse. Maybe. But and like what exactly that was, I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure if it was like alcohol, drugs, a mix of everything, like what exactly. But let's at the scene. He's making $2 million an episode. He is by all accounts, like everything I'd read then and up to this point, because I did like a light amount of research on this. <laughs> okay, journalist. <laughs> Everyone said, yeah, he's fucked up, but he comes to set, he knows his lines and he delivers. Like he's a oh. consummate professional on set. So it's very hard to breach that when he's like out giving interviews, talking about like, like making anti-Semitic remarks about the showrunner. You know, like he was having a true, I mean, letting camera crews come in and film his goddesses. I don't know how much you remember, you guys remember about this. He's at the height of his success and also the height of his derangement. And he went on a press tour and the media, instead of saying like, wow, I think this person is going through something that is really not good for their, like they're hitting a wall that is, has been up until this point, unforeseen, it's probably dangerous. It's like very dangerous. But he's inviting them into their home and everyone, and I'm talking network TV. I'm thinking like ABC, CBS, NBC, obviously TMZ, but I don't hold them to the same standards. But they're all eating it up. They're putting him on you know. air. Axos Hollywood saying, let's go live with Sheen. He's ready to do an interview. Like it all happened live. It all happened within the span of like a week. And this is when Twitter was not new, but fresh enough that he was also tweeting through it. No, no. And he was dropping things that like were so perfect for a social media digital age, like these sound bites that were like, I have tiger blood. Right, like, right. I Like hashtag winning. Hashtag like, winning. My yeah. was, I was like, what was your catchphrase? <laughs> it was hashtag winning that every bro at the time was like, <laughs> hashtag winning. Exactly. Like people took it on the same way. Bros sort of love to reference like a Gordon Gecko or mm. a Jordan Belford of Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. They don't seem to understand the moral of those stories is those are bad people that you should not want to emulate. They right. did the same thing with Charlie Sheen, where they're yeah. like, yes, actually, I'm winning. Like, this is a good thing. We love this. But I, at the time, and like looking back, when I looked at how it was 2011, like I had graduated college. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't even know if I have youth as an excuse, but I was loving it. Oh. I was like reading every post, watching every interview. I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I don't know if it was around the same time, but 
I, it makes me think of Amanda Bynes. Like mm-hmm. I had her mugshot as my profile picture on Facebook for a while because I was Whoa. like, "Whoa, ha ha ha!" Like Amanda Bynes, like fallen from naughty, <laughs> naughty. Like look yeah. at this funny mugshot. But like she was having a very serious mental breakdown. Yeah. yeah, and still is having issues. It's like these people, and they reach these highs. Like Amanda Bynes was, I mean, who didn't want to be her in What a Girl Wants? Yeah. Colin Firth is literally your daddy? Come on. <laughs> I mean, and then, She's yeah. The man? She is the man. That's a, a great film. Amazing movie. They're playing it at Nighthawk. There was like an ad for it recently. They're like, and there was a quote of Roger Ebert's review in the, um, R.I.P. Post about it. And it was like, which is what? It was something like, I have to find it exactly, but it was something like, I don't know what happened in She's the Man, but what I do know is that Amanda Bynes is charming. Like, it's so She is a star. Like, it's very <laughs> charming. It was like nothing about this movie was believable at all, but what was believable is that Amanda Bynes is great. <laughs> like, it's true. A yeah. secondary launching pad for Channing Tatum. I mean, uh, yeah. we have much to thank Amanda Bynes for. Amy Winehouse, like, there's been a whole doc, like, some of these yes, people, that and that's a thing. Is like Britney is getting her come up. Amy Winehouse has gotten her come up, sort of. Like we're we're as a society, Janet, like not, not to say that she mm-hmm. had like a breakdown the way these people did, but had like a, a very dramatic public moment where people at first were blaming her, laughing at her. Right. And now we're sort of reckoning with that as a society. But my thing is, is I'm thinking about Charlie Sheen. I'm like, I don't know if we're gonna get there with him, honestly. Because it was also like, I don't know if he is a good person, so does that make it okay for me to laugh and enjoy this? I don't know. Right. I'm still wrestling with that myself. It's also like the Kanye of it all. Like that, oh, yes. what's been happening with him, I feel, has been so complicated. I think there is some sympathy around what he is going through, but the things coming out of his mouth, unfortunately, are so worrisome and problematic yeah. that do the crimes people... outweigh the potential mental health like because at a certain point they are this is bad stuff this is really bad stuff yeah and i don't know how much can really be forgiven or attributed to say a mental health crisis right which right is there's multiple stuff. things going on at the same time yeah and it's very much like there's a at least with the charlie sheen of it all like there's a certain point where everyone is titillated and it's gladiator and it's high school gossip and it's like yes what is going to happen next and then it'll just get too dark or go on too long and then the tide changes and people are like like i mean with kanye right like everyone's glued to the phone of like what's he gonna say next what's gonna happen next and then it was like oh no why am i intaking both someone's true mental break and also yeah horrible things that they are saying and doing you know but i don't know the ravenous of the, what is this famous person gonna do next the thing you kind of have to admit about charlie sheen definitely about kanye is the problem is these people are very charismatic and funny like they reach these certain highs same for amanda Bynes, same for britney same for amy winehouse it's like they've reached these highs because they are very appealing they're very interesting to watch and they say things or they do things or they have talent like Amanda and Amy and Brittany and Charlie Sheen and Kanye. Sorry, all of them. 
They have a yeah. talent that is pretty singular, actually, Undeniable. when you think about it. Yeah. So it's like, how can you tear your eyes away when someone who has touched your life in some way, whether it's Charlie Sheen as a scene-stealing jailbird in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or Kanye mm. West's one of his songs, or Amanda Bynes, you know, and all that, or whatever, one of her films, anything, they've become a part of your life. And so I think it's almost like a family, they're part of your family, but they're that cousin who at the get-together, the family get-together, you're like, oh, did they get their shit together yet? But you all <laughs> want to talk about it, because it's that one cousin who's fucked up. So you're like, well, yeah. this is something we can all bond over, our fucked up cousin. Liberty well, culture is high school, is family. It's just like all <laughs> the dynamic of who's talking about who and who's, right? Isn't it? That, 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 yes. Okay, I'm just like thinking about it for the first time, but I feel like there's something to this theory that celebrity yes. culture is high school, it's family. I think 100%. It's just because they're so familiar, even though we don't know them. Right. And it's such a safe space because it's like, probably never know them. They aren't affected by, I mean, are they affected by social media? Probably. It's probably a scourge, honestly. Is that how you say that word? It's probably like not a good thing <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. But and to be the person who receives all of that attention, I just think is not good on anyone's brain. And when you're used to it from not just social media, but like worldwide phenomenon, no, it can't be good. But to us, it's like, but the trade-off is they get to be rich and famous. I'm not rich and famous. So right, do yeah. they have to that was the thing that I remember that was the thing when I think back to 2011 and like the discourse around Charlie Sheen is like, everyone loved it. We love this. This guy's an asshole. He's having a mental breakdown and it's funny and he keeps putting himself out there. He's booking these spots himself, mm -hmm. you know, like there's no way his team is like, yeah, you should go on Good Morning America and talk about how you like drink tiger's blood and are invincible and you've done like eight balls of cocaine. He's doing this himself. So I think at, a, at that point we were like, Oh, he's choosing this and he's rich and famous. So I don't feel bad for him. I'm going to enjoy the ride. But like and at what point is the media responsible for? Yeah. Like, why are we booking this person? Bloodless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's always sort of the line. It's like, oh, but this is so interesting. Like, we need the ratings. We want this. It's like Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which ties in exactly like a convicted. I mean, I guess it was civil courts. So I don't know what we call it. He's not a felon, I don't think. But convicted. Just today, libel. He's libel. Mm -hmm. um, but will he get to do his CNN town hall tomorrow? Probably. <laughs> I don't see them canceling. If they do, great. Danny was wrong. Hashtag Danny was wrong. I was I trying know. to think, like, yeah, if there were any current examples of this happening, right? Yeah. Like, who's having a mental breakdown right now and we're filming it? And unfortunately, the conclusion I came to is that we're actually all doing it and we're filming ourselves. Oh. And we're posting it. <laughs> yeah, that's and, kind of the Britney social media of it all at this point is like, yeah, if they are doing their own social media, some shit, we're seeing some shit. But I think that's it's not just celebrities. Shit. It's that's not the, just celebs, it's us. Yeah. I see it's It's us. everyone. We're filming our own breakdowns. And, yeah, and I think that young people especially who have grown up with social, like we hit at a very specific time where we know how to use computers. We know how to use social. <laughs> um, we're familiar with all of it. But I mean, I'm, I count my stars every day that I didn't have any form of social media in high school and not until I didn't start really using it until after I graduated. 
And even after I graduated, I deleted Facebook. I don't use Facebook at all. I don't use Instagram anymore at all. I use Twitter, which is getting worse and worse every day. <laughs> but I do use it. And I dip my toe into any other like thing that pops up, YouTube, whatever, Snapchat. People who are young now are like, oh, this is it. Like maybe the platforms change, but like you need to be public and you need to be sharing a lot. And the, the yeah. TikToks that come into my algorithm of people telling their darkest trauma that has ever happened to them. I do think about it. I understand like there's also the nuance of wanting to be honest and not wanting social media to like sure. just be fake and glossy and like, is it okay to be vulnerable and to tell your story? Right. And I'm I, sure there's a, a lot of things at once, but um, just the, like things that I would never. Uh, okay. So this is what I think is that it's social media. I'm sorry to be a million years old, but like it's replacing friendship. It's like, mm -hmm. maybe you want to tell that to your close circle of friends and your doctor and like a couple people you trust and sort of work through that shit and come out the other side. But you're not. You're telling strangers. And here, like the other hand of like you just said, it's good to be vulnerable. Like maybe if I share this, my story will help someone else. I get totally. all of those points. Yeah. But I'm not convinced that the upside outweighs the downside. Which is that, mm -hmm. like Rooney Mara said in one of my favorite movies, The Social Network, <laughs> the internet is written in ink. Like, this stuff will never go away. Even Beyonce, who has the best legal team on the planet probably, can't squash every unflattering photo of herself on the internet. Right. right. They're still going to exist. They're still going to propagate. So I do think that that's where that obsession has sort of, from the early 20 aughts, let's say, has led us to, which is like any behavior we've seen from celebrities, we are starting to do ourselves. And we're starting to feel the problem. Another problem is we're going to start to feel the repercussions of that those celebrities probably felt, which is like Charlie Sheen mm -hmm. lost his job. He probably lost a lot of finance of, um, I mean, I think he was quite wealthy. I don't think he's hurting financially, but he probably lost a significant sum of income. Custody, custody. Yeah, there you go. That's a pretty big one. Like there are ramifications for those things. The thing is, the everyday person who's sharing those things and doing the type of behavior that Charlie Sheen did, maybe maybe those extremes, maybe a little less. They don't have those things to fall back on. Like when you lose your mm -hmm. job at just any corporate company or like whatever it may be. You don't have two and a half men millionaire money to fall back on. You don't have big fancy PR and celebrity. You don't have those things to sort of tuck you in at night to be like, oh, well, I'll be OK. Right. Or so, like $80,000 rehab. Like, yeah, the very, opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so interesting. So but I was brainwashed to think that's entertainment. But I do think that we've now all been brainwashed to think it's entertainment from anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're like, oh, did you see so and so's post? Like, yeah, so interesting. They shared that many details about their situation, or like, that's yeah. weird that they're 
Wow, calling I mean, us out specifically, Jen. <laughs> are you guys sharing that kind of stuff? Because I don't, so I don't have Instagram No, 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 or no. We are talking about people who are sharing that kind oh, of stuff. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, well, I do that too with any, like, any notes apology or whatever it may be. I'm like, right. definitely That's got so my true. group chat where I'm talking I mean, talking the scandal, about. the scandal of it all, we are obsessed with watching that situation. And, um, you know, there's like literally very little sympathy around the evil parties involved in that mm-hmm. situation. But right. like, not to say that I think Tom Sandoval's having a mental breakdown or even Raquel is having a mental breakdown, although they're trying to sell us that angle. But is it okay how much we're involved in it? I mean, yeah. How much you well, hate someone. How much, right? Like, how much collective hate can one person take? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Sheen was very wealthy. He was at the top of his game. Even he retreated. I mean, he's been in retreat for a long time. Like, yeah, where when's the last at? time you saw him? I, so- in my light research, I saw that he and Chuck, what's his name? The creator uh, of Two and a Half Men. Creator of Two and a Half, Chuck Lorre. They mm-hmm. have since mended <laughs> fences and they are potentially working on something together. So, you know, reconciliation, I guess, is possible. Right. But that's Charlie Sheen, who again, I do think is very talented and probably has a lot of deep rooted relationships and can build himself up. But yeah. the average everyday person doesn't have that. Does Raquel have that? I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not. Raquel has a wild backstory of like her biological mother giving her up to her sister to raise her. Some crazy yeah. story like that. Yeah. And was like a pageant girl. Like there's a lot of things. It's interesting because watching this season, if we didn't know what we know, she would have been the sympathetic character of the season because it looks like the other characters are like bullying her and questioning her all the time. And like, you know, so if we. That's why it's so fascinating is that we get to feel like, oh, we know all your dirty little secrets as we're watching it. It's actually a brilliant. They should try doing this for another reality show (laughs) where they just drop a bomb and then. It, everyone gets to feel like a detective as they're watching this season. Yeah, it's actually so funny. <laughs> but yeah. it's, bad. it's the same thing where I'm like, this is low stakes. It's a low stakes thing for me to enjoy. That's what I remember telling myself about Charlie Sheen, too, is I was like, this doesn't affect him if I'm enjoying this. At the end of the day, probably didn't. What it probably affected was anyone else who has a substance abuse problem. Right. Or maybe mental health issues, seeing him go through this and be mocked as relentlessly as he did, you're probably not going to want to share the fact that you have issues to be seen as like a Charlie Sheen. It's interesting to think that we've gotten more sympathetic in some ways to it. In some ways. Like, we're more like, let's not be spectacle of this as much. But yeah, maybe only for certain people that have good PR. Exactly. I mean, don't get me started on Paris Hilton. I'm anti-Paris Hilton. Okay, wow. She has the best PR in the world. She's somehow convinced Gen Z that she, like, slay mother. (laughs) I don't know how she's managed to do this. Paris Hilton has contributed 1% of her entire life to anything good on this planet. Everything else is negative. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely the Paris Hilton we grew up with was, like, selling something i know but that's what i'm saying she's something that was not great she's still selling bullshit yeah i mean i certainly have sympathy that she was sent to the like this is her angle right she was sent to this horrible school when she was younger 
and experienced, I'm sure, horrible things there. I'm not doubting any of that. But that's her angle of like, that's why I was allowed to be an asshole. I have no doubt in my mind that Paris Hilton is still a total fucking asshole. I'm sorry. I don't buy that suddenly she's St. Paris, right? She's still selling a bunch of shit that no one needs. She just (laughs) happens to be rich from a wealthy family who has always been able to afford the best PR and marketing in the world. And that has been consistent. Nothing has changed. Well, seeing her on Beverly Hills has been an interesting, like, I mean, her mom is... She's a piece of shit, too. A mess. A mess. A bad person. a piece person, of shit. Just obsessed similarly with, like, image selling stuff. And now they have... A hundred percent. A ton of content as a In family. my opinion, racist, homophobic, like, internalized misogyny, all of it. Like, this is a rotten family to the core. I'm sorry. I know that everyone's trying to... Like, when I see anything... That's like, oh, Paris Hilton is mother. She's the blueprint for whatever. I'm like, for what? Being shallow and disgusting? (laughs) You guys, not too long ago, she was very publicly saying slurs. (laughs) I mean, she's not a good person. So that's sort of the conclusion of my first brainwashing. um, How I was brainwashed. And I think the brainwashing is still going on. Is I guess, the actual conclusion. Yeah, absolutely. We're still... Like Nicole said, gladiator. Like we want to participate in the breakdown of people. So <laughs> yeah. like it's it is fascinating to watch. And with all the many platforms that we can now watch it on, it's unfortunately never ending. I mean, even though there's discourse around mental health, so that's sort of a step in the right direction. Yeah. Still want to watch the stuff. It's two steps forward, one step back, always. Mm. Okay, I love it. What's number two? <laughs> okay, so here's another one. And this one is personal. Oh, oh. <laughs> so let me I'm going to hashtag expose some private text messages that Jenny and I have shared. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so scared, actually. From what yeah, let's, year? Let's get her in trouble from, from last year. From so last Jenny. Year. So Jenny texted me. So I had a baby in December of 2021. And Jenny t- at some point in 2022 texted me. On a scale of one to 10, how is motherhood? It sounds right. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't know what the exact text exchange was, but I'm pretty sure I said like three. <laughs> <laughs> I said something really low, really low. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, I shouldn't send this because this is going to scare Jenny. I don't want to scare anyone off from being a mom. Right. But I was like, but this is honestly how I feel. Like the first, yeah. the first for me. I'd say, honestly, up to five-ish months of motherhood was a nightmare. And, like, I was brainwashed into thinking that the second you have the baby, mm-hmm. you're in love with the baby. The baby loves you. There's a connection. You guys are in sync. Like, it's just unworldly, right? Like, the way people talk about it yeah, is you think, like, oh, like, because being pregnant is tough. It's... I was lucky, like I had a healthy pregnancy and I had a very easy birth, but like, you know, it's still, you're carrying around all this extra weight and your back hurts and you suddenly have sciatica. (laughs) It's like all this stuff happens. You're very hungry. You're very tired. Like a lot happens. So it's difficult. But I thought, oh, but once you have the baby, like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's like magic. Is what everyone, what I thought. Totally. And so 
the reality, that's how I was brainwashed. The reality to me is then, and this won't be for everyone. That's why I must preface. It's not like going to be like this for everyone. Everyone is so different. But I had a colicky baby. Mm -hmm. So the first four months of her life, all she did was scream and cry. Yeah. And it was like torture Mm -hmm. because I was like, I thought like, I'm your mother. I can't soothe you. Like, why? And I thought everyone always said babies only cry because they're hungry, tired, or wet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she'd have all of those. Like, she had just, she just woke up from a nap. So she slept. She's dry. I just changed her. I just fed her. She still was crying. Mm -hmm. Like, if she was awake, she was crying. And it's not just crying, it's like scream crying. Like, it really is torture. Yeah. And it was like that for months. And I remember, like, reading every because anytime I had an issue I would do like baby like whatever the like scream crying mm-hmm. reddit because <laughs> I always wondering <laughs> oh no but the reddit posts they were all like there's nothing you can do but wait like they will grow out of it uh-huh. and I was just like I like when you're in it mm-hmm. I I can't explain it's just like you are you think like I'm not going to make it to the next hour. How am I going to make it till four months, which is when yeah. everyone says it starts to taper off. And the other thing, you know, you'd watch videos, you'd see other people with their babies and the baby's like, chill. I know. Right. How is this possible? Take this one back. It's yeah, you wrong. Like this isn't, yeah, this isn't the right, like so, this isn't what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So, and I will also say, that now so my baby is now around 16 months she's almost a year and a half now I 100% have that feeling but it was not instant and it wasn't even because like you know I'd hear people say oh it's for me it wasn't instant and I'm like oh yeah so it happens like after two weeks I thought when you're at like month four and you're still like oh I'm gonna have to live the rest of my life with this baby who hates me (laughs) Like, I was like, this is never going to stop. She's just going to scream until she's 30. <laughs> like, I just, you get into a space where you're like, it's I torture. Like, it, it is yes. torture. It, it just like, you just cannot imagine. And I remember like some of the Reddit threads I read was like someone talking about how like the first baby was colicky and then they had another and that baby was no. colicky. Yes. Oh, and I was just like, I cannot, like, this person, like, how can this happen? And now that my baby is 16 months and I'm obsessed with her and I do feel that connection and I'm like, this is my, she is my every, like, she fills me with so much joy. She's just so cute. She's so fun. Like, now I'm like, okay, I get it how people can be tricked into having another right. <laughs> I personally will not be doing it, but I get it. You understand I totally how get it, it could happen. Yeah. Yes. And I just, I did want to address this on the podcast because I sent you that text being like, three or whatever oh my god no I got I love it I love to hear the honest feedback you know I mean that's why because that's where I was at at that time like yeah and like bless you for being honest you know like there is I mean I'm obviously not a mother yet but I do feel like for so long the discourse has been what you're saying of like it's amazing motherhood like there's finally been a pivot of people like putting a hand up and saying let's actually be honest about what this does to our body and our minds and like what motherhood can actually look like and i'm so thankful for that because it feels like it is giving us a real insight instead of being like 
Yeah, you poop on the table and like sometimes things go wrong and like baby's crying. You'll be tired, but like it's so, you know. Yeah. Like keep talking about the stupid Brooke Shields documentary and I'm sorry to bring oh, it up. It's very again. good though. I, I, she obviously talks about postpartum because she became yeah. the poster child of it for so long. Thanks to Tom Cruise. Fuck <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> We're all currently brainwashed to think Tom Cruise is like the greatest guy. Tom Cruise is the leader of a cult. <laughs> Goddamn Pop Gun Maverick got us by yeah, song. I saw it in theaters. I copped to it. I saw it in theaters. I mean, I thought it was great. But yeah. I mean, re-watching that interview with Matt Lauer where he's like, I know about psychiatry. You yeah. do you know Matt Lauer? You're glib. You're glib. <laughs> Some blinds leading the blind over there, though. But I mean, Matt Lauer being the voice of reason. I mean, yeah, no, I I know what you meant, babe. But I loved that part of the documentary of hearing like her postpartum journey and what it was like. Like it's good for us to go into it being like, this might happen to me, and I know what it looks like, and I know that I'm going to get out the other side, and it happens to other people, and like. Obviously, colicky versus postpartum, they're different, but they're still, you're in a struggle period of we yeah. need to get out of the other side so that you can connect with your baby. And 100%. I appreciated your honesty, Danielle. <laughs> yes. It's your now I would say it's a nine. It's <laughs> <laughs> really high. It's really high. I honestly, because nothing's perfect. It's not perfect. Um, of course. But here's the thing. It really might not happen to you. Like I'd go to music class, like little baby circle time music classes. And I'd look around the room while I'm like trying to get Goldie to like shut up because she's crying. And I'm looking at like these other babies and they're just like happy and smiling. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing wrong? But then finally you do turn a corner. I kept thinking like, OK, we'll hit four months and suddenly she'll be normal. Right. But it's right. all like gradual. It's like suddenly she's not as bad at night. And now she's not as bad in the afternoon. And now she's happy in the morning. And then suddenly it's like, okay, she's not screaming. She's just whining a lot. And then she stops whining a ton and she's smiling. <laughs> and it's all gradual. This is my experience. Some people have amazing babies where they do have that experience. So good for them, I say. But it, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was not mine. And that's why they're pregnant immediately again, right? Like, right. or whatever it may be. But yeah, not my experience. What's going on with the colicky? Like, what does that mean? Like, what? Why are so they that's screaming? That's what's so frustrating. Is like no one knows. It's just that that's... no one knows. Like, it could be that they have like stomach issues. It could be, it could be just that they're like, why the fuck am I out here? I was comfy in there. I'm <laughs> like sticking back Absolute. in there, right? <laughs> like, it could be so many things, and it's hard because like, how can doctors figure it out? Because babies can't talk, they can't communicate. So it's really difficult to diagnose. Most often people say that because, you know, I searched every thread. I was like, how can I fix this? <laughs> and often people would be like, oh, it's a dairy thing. And I was like, I don't think that's it. And I'm not going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to suddenly become dairy free. Right. Because I was breastfeeding, right? Like, I'm not going to suddenly do that because the time it takes for that to actually take an effect on your body and what you're mm -hmm. producing for the kid should be four months at that point. Like, I'm just not changing my life again. I changed my life for nine months. <laughs> like, I'm not. And for the rest of my life, I'll be a mother. So I'm not, I've am i had enough change. So eat a I'm, little cheese. You're I'm fine. drinking my morning cappuccino. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> and I mean, now that she she does not have a dairy intolerance. So it wasn't dairy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it was. I will never know. 
Hmm. I know she was pissed off. (laughs) 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 And it's like, oh my gosh. Because it's also so isolating. Because you're like, I didn't want to leave the house because I was like, I don't want to be out in public with a screaming. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then everyone's going to think, what's wrong with her? Why can't she get her baby to stop screaming? Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of tough stuff about it. Yeah. But that's why I think also to look on the positive side of things, once she finally was normal, (laughs) like not screaming as much, Mm -hmm. I signed up for everything I could and I left the house as much as we could. And now we're very social and we have a lot of friends. So that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think it's very easy to be brainwashed by like any idea of motherhood. Some people could be brainwashed by the negative part of it and think like it's only going to suck or whatever, you know, like, and I just would say you really never know until, right. until you do it. Right. You can't, you can't predict everything, unfortunately. That's yeah. my favorite form of anxiety is like trying to go down every path of yeah. what could go wrong and how I can fix it in advance. And I guess what I cannot. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that no. sucks. I wish worrying about it could yeah. fix it. Doesn't. I know. It really <laughs> can't. It doesn't. it doesn't. And in a way, I'm so glad I never, I always thought I was like, oh, so my baby and I, we're going to bond like immediately. <laughs> I'm going to dress her in little matching outfits and we're going to like, she's my little mini me. Like I thought that now I can do that now that she's all, a year and a half. That's how I feel now. But no, that first little bit. Oh, my God. Are you doing a lot of matching outfits? <laughs> I try to because most of our clothes are hand-me-downs because her cousin is exactly a year older than her. Nice. So you get all of those hand-me-downs. I Where I can, I try to. But... You know, I don't want to buy new stuff because she's just going to outgrow it. So. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's very fun now. I'm very cute. So yeah. I just, I did feel I needed to close that text loop with you, Jenny. I'm glad you did. I feel like when I saw you at the yes. wedding, you were also like, please, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said that. And I, was like, I love it. I love it. I also read Jesse Klein's book about mm-hmm. being a mother. Uh-huh. Because I had like, you know, heard she was doing the rounds on all the podcasts I listened to about it being like, it's an honest look at motherhood. And I was like, amazing. I want to know all the nitty gritty. I want to yeah. hear all the bad stuff. Like, I, I eat that. Like, I want to know the truth. Yeah. Yes. I would say seven months is when they reach, like, they're so cute. <laughs> like, that's when you're like, oh, wait, I love you. <laughs> like, I'm not <laughs> And that's the thing is like, I always logically, I was like, I know that I love you. I know, like, I know I have to take care of you, but I just, why isn't there that connection? Why isn't, like, I'm doing this out of obligation, not because I have this otherworldly, like, feeling of my baby. Um, I'm doing this because if I left you at a fire station, (laughs) I'd be very judged. (laughs) (laughs) Then when they grow out of it, it's just like, they are very fun and very cute, I must say. And they're so chunky and, like, rosy-cheeked and, like... (laughs) <laughs> they smile and they giggle and like you blow raspberries on their belly and it's like very fun. <laughs> um, so casting is our sort of final game here on the show yeah. where we sort of our only game in many ways. Yeah, one could also say it's our only game. <laughs> final and uh, only game. <laughs> we pick a category. We cast ourselves within that category. What is one that's not condiments, Nicole? That's an example. You know, unfortunately, lunch meats, you know, who's who's bologna, who's roast beef, who's right. Who has the energy of a liverwurst? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Based on energy, based on vibes. Uh, OK. So, yeah. So 
We like to ask the guests if they have an idea for one. If not, we can come up with one as a community. I have an idea. Okay. (laughs) Okay. The category is television hosts. Incredible category. (laughs) This is why we had you on the pod. (laughs) So it can be reality. It can be news. It can be any type of host. A host. This is. Okay. Okay. And do we cast each other or we choose our own? Yeah. So now we're all going to take a little minute in our own minds to think of who all three of us would be, and then we'll share them and talk about them. I feel locked in. I'm going to be so insulted if anyone says I'm James Corden. (laughs) We would never do that to you, Danielle. (laughs) And if you fucking do it to us, you're out. We'll scrap this whole app. So I am prepared. Okay. Okay. Danielle, are you also prepared? Yes. I can start. Okay. I gave myself RuPaul. (gasps) <gasps> oh, that's a good one. I do think, you know, I'm shiny. People like me, but I'm maybe yeah. not as friendly as sort of you would really think. <laughs> <laughs> when we get down to it, it's kind of like, hmm, does she want to be here? Does she not want right. to be here? Right. Uh, wearing a lot of comfortable pants under my ball gowns, um, doing a song that like sometimes people like. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think <laughs> I'm RuPaul. Yeah, I Racking. think Danielle, you are Jeff Probst to me. Wow! Thank you, you thank are, you so much. You are a professional. You have a, a a chic casualness. I would so That's love a- to see you in like a cargo short, being like, yes. "Yeah, guys, fucking come on in." Hell I, I yeah, just, like, he is the pinnacle of the form yeah. and so are you i just think i can shoot so much he's so good at in real time seeing exactly what is happening and yeah. i really feel like you have that skill set thank you wow i'll take that um and now for comedy's sake i really want to say jenny's nick cannon but i'm not gonna say <laughs> it i'm not gonna say it I, I, i'm gonna say that i think that jenny is graham norton wow oh, that's really british. good I, I think very british funny smart creates a warm welcoming atmosphere you know has a lot of guests at the same time and sort of <laughs> is able yes. to just give the right vibe and energy to the room just oh. undeniably likable yeah yes Ooh, i like that that's where i landed hey, incredible then yeah where did next? you land yeah so jenny I'm bestowing you the honor of your Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this Steve Harvey memo. <laughs> here's why. Because I think Steve Harvey is really funny himself. Yes. But you know what's really funny about Steve Harvey is his reactions to others. And I feel like Jenny's reactions are always like the way you like place things in your mind, the way you like can make analogous situations or whatever like the way you relate to things i think is so funny so that's you. you're steve harvey incredible love i love that i almost actually gave myself steve harvey <laughs> but yeah amazing nicole now this is going back back the past you are jenny jones oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that you keep things you like, we don't know who's coming out behind that curtain, but it's going to be 
scandalous, <laughs> scandalous, but also as evidence at the top of the show, you have a heart still. You're not as depraved as Jerry Springer, you know, like this you is don't true. care about these people. You want to hear their story. Yes, you're calling people hoochie mamas, but both things can be true. <laughs> both things can be true. <laughs> and then for myself, I actually also put Jeff Rose. Yeah, you're <laughs> Jeff Rose. You <laughs> are Jeff Rose. <laughs> I was like, oh, someone who loves warm weather, <laughs> like, would love to have a steady job in yes. DG where you just like, yeah, get to call people losers as they like have to hold their breath underwater for five minutes. Um, I love that. And like, you get to watch the drama at Tribal, but not be directly involved in it. So yes. Absolutely. Yeah, instigating a little bit, a little yes. spicy on the yeah. side. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, I gave Nicole Alan Cumming in the trailer. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. <laughs> Just coming in, being camp, being dramatic, living yes. in a castle. Like I- <laughs> beret after beret. <laughs> yeah. I just feel kindred to you as Alan Cumming. Um, with all those looks. Danielle, I give you, she's not on the air anymore, but Samantha B. I uh, feel like. She's hot for TV. <laughs> not for TV. <laughs> what? Uh, just another incredible late night woman Canadian. in her pantsuits. Also Canadian. Yes. Standing for all her monologues. Okay. Mm. Like telling it like it is. Just a true icon and legend of late night. And I, I feel like you guys have like a similar same like fun edgy i can tell you the truth but also make it funny vibe <laughs> wow thank you so much oh these are so complimentary and then i give myself petsy jack <laughs> republican <Yeah>. right wing <laughs> old man <laughs> i feel like he actually has my secret dream job of just coasting through life um, wow <laughs> sort of just being like and what do you do for a living julie you know oh your husband's over here wave to the camera kind of like bare minimum um but probably getting paid millions of dollars which is ultimately my dream yes, so maybe dream. just me manifesting wanting to be pat say jack if they're ever needing a new house real forge <laughs> call jenny Please call me. <laughs> I'm also open to being, you know, the alternative Vanna White, just a normal girl, yes. letters and sweatpants. You know, I, I think you, you're more Pat. <laughs> but you, yeah, <laughs> you gotta wear the dress if you're Vanna. You're, you're not Vanna, babe. You're Pat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Making the same jokes, doing the same bits for 40 years. <laughs> the dream. And everyone still loves it. That is yeah. truly the dream. Eating it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's comforting. You know what you're going to get. And, you know, it's a good 6 p.m. vibe. Yes. <laughs> wow. I love I love Incredible category. Levels. Incredible. Okay, good. I'm glad you guys like it. Um, well, thank you, Danielle. It's so good to see you. And congrats thank you so much for having me on your gorgeous baby Goldie and also a beautiful name and best name for a baby. I mean, oh, thank come you. on. Goldie's <laughs> a perfect name. Goldie. If only her last name was Soprano. I feel like Goldie Soprano would have been a mate and a perfect name. But it's okay. I mean, <laughs> you could change it. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> Goldie DeVito is pretty still close. it's just Italian enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can the people find you on Twitter? It sounds like. Yes, but I have a locked account. 
Um, people really <laughs> actually cannot find me online, and <laughs> I would like to keep it that way. You can join. If you want to contact me, you can join the Hey Julie Discord. I will retweet. Jo- follow Hey Julie BB on Twitter, <laughs> and I will retweet it from there. <sighs> Listen to the pod. It's so good. If you are a big brother head like myself, it's so good. Thank you. We love you, Danielle. We love you, Danielle. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me.